Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? It's your boy David with Blackwell Friend of Songs, and I'm here today to tell you guys about Anchor. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it's the best place to make a podcast. Anchor is a free app that has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone. Anchor also distributes your podcast across all major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many others. You can also make money on your podcast with Anchor with no minimum listenership. Anchor is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So if you're looking to get started on your own podcast, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Do you know the rules of the game? Yeah. Do you know the rules of the game? I don't care what color. Can you make me a hundred million? Let's talk money. Can you make me that? If you can't make me that, I don't want to talk to you. You shouldn't even get this tape. Hey. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my line unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is run money marathon. Do five years of this and be a millionaire and go on, do what I want to do, have kids, go live my chip and joy in the games life out here in Texas or struggle for next year. The choice is yours. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Our goal of this podcast is to normalize black wealth and share helpful resources and tips we believe will be useful in attaining and maintaining generational wealth. Please feel free to rate and comment on our podcast. We would love to hear all feedback you have. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Black Wealth Renaissance Podcast. Your boy, David Bellard, one-fourth of the Black Wealth Renaissance, checking in with my co-host, fellas. How y'all feeling? What's up? What's up? It's your boy, Jared, checking in. What's up? What's up? It's your boy, Jalen, checking in, too, man. Feeling lovely on this Saturday. Can y'all finally hear me? Yeah, we can hear <laughs> Great. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm feeling great. What's up, Kelly? How you doing, my brother? Oh, man. Feeling good, man. So, great Saturday. Actually, glad it's, it's kind of getting summer outside, man. It's like 100 and some degrees outside right now. Weren't you just walking outside with a whole jacket on, though? Like, what the hell going on out there, man? You ain't got to get your sweat on. <laughs> Man, you living in the Wild West, but that that place crazy. But once again, y'all, we back for another great episode. This week, we got a great lady out of New York, Miss Al Quincy Selawane, a.k.a. Aconundrum, an app developer. Uh, she doing great work, doing dope stuff. We connected on the gram and we had to get on the podcast. So, uh, Quincy, how you doing? I'm wonderful. I'm fantastic. You know, in spite of everything that's going on with the quarantine and the lockdown, like, I'm actually doing very well. Well, we want to say thank you for coming on. Thank you for being our guest. And uh, we definitely are excited, like we said, about this episode. Uh, we connected with you maybe like a month and a half ago before right. all this quarantine stuff really got started. And uh, I know we, we spoke about, I think, like the app or whatever. We just spoke about like some branded stuff and we had a really good connection and just a good conversation. So we was like, man, we got to get this woman on the podcast. She know her shit. So we definitely can't wait to get into it. Yeah, no, I'm absolutely honored. I've, you know, I've been watching you guys for a minute. And like I said, you're doing an amazing job, especially as far as the branding is concerned. Everything, it just looks 
absolutely amazing the content that you guys are offering you know what you're doing and i still couldn't believe how new this was for you guys because like you were out here like seasoned professionals you know what i mean like it looks good and what you guys are doing is remarkable Thank you. Yeah, we, we, we genuinely appreciate that. You know, it hit different when the love comes from an OG, bro. It just is what it is. So, Quincy, before we really get into everything, just to kick the podcast off, could you introduce yourself to our following and kind of give them an idea of who you are and how you got started? Yeah, so sure, sure. So my name is Quincy Selawane, um, better known on Instagram as Akinundrum, probably on Facebook. I'm not really on there, but I have a following on there, too. But um yeah, so basically, in terms of the app development component, it started as need-based for myself. So initially, I had an idea for a business, and it was a brick-and-mortar concept. And 2016, I pivoted to an app. So at that time, I had to learn a lot about apps, app development. And my first app is actually on Amazon, Windows, BlackBerry, Android, and iOS Store all different platforms, all different dashboards, all different systems, rules, policies, and you know, whatnot, which is a lot. So needless to say, that took, you know, quite a while understanding the climate of the app culture. So it's very different than a brick and mortar. You know how you kind of like direct and target people on that level versus an app. So there was a lot that I had to learn in doing so, you know, educating myself on it. And I've had people all ask me, could I build an app for them? But most people don't understand it's not simply the building of the app, it's the maintaining of the app. It's staying in compliance legally. And so there's a lot that goes into it. And I didn't have the wherewithal to do that. But then when I was presented with the idea from the company that I've been working with, that they would actually carry the heavy lifting on that end and I could just build the apps. So I was like, okay, cool. So then I needed a personal app for myself once my brand started kind of taking off. So I built Akinundrum, that app for myself, and then the idea was presented. So I was like, okay, cool. So I can start building. So I pretty much take on a very small cohort of people because I am building it. I'm offering mentorship. I am doing a lot more than just structuring your app and then, you know, getting into the app store for you. So the first cohort started with 10 and now I've opened it up to 15 and now it's moving faster because a lot of people need delivery based apps. So that part of it has changed for me because of the Corona too as well. So that's pretty much how I got into it. But initially I was only catering to like brands like yourself that have already have momentum. They have an audience, they have products, they have services and stuff like that. Because one of the most challenging parts of the app is actually marketing, is gaining downloads and stuff that is very, very costly if you don't have an audience already built in. So that's what I was initially just focusing on but now i am offering for those who have like customers and they have a product that they need to set up delivery for yeah so so that started and that's first generation apps so that's my app development company well that's really cool um i had one question as far as like when you first got started with building the apps and getting into your company were you already like a coder by trade or was that one of the things that you just had to like pick up along the way right no so i don't code actually my apps are template-based systems. Hmm. So yeah, so that part, I didn't have to learn. There's some fundamentals that are in the background, like their systems. So Firebase is a system that I use for data. So there's a lot of other background components that I had to learn, but coding was not. So for me, 
they're template based. I have partnered with Anton Digital, who does build apps and he does code. He actually teaches coding. So what we do is if I have a client, which I actually tell people it's probably better for you to start off with a template based system because most of us, let's be real, we don't have tens of thousands of dollars for some proof of concept <laughs> experiment, right? With an app. So it's much easier for you to buy a template based system because these templates are pretty intricate. I mean, functionally speaking, you can do just about everything that you need your app to do with a template. And so you get into a template based system on a very low end, $599, $699, Then you kind of work your way in that, see if this is even a thing, you know what I mean? Find out if this is something that your customers want from you. If you outgrow that, then we can offload you from the template based system to Anton digital system. And then he can take you to the custom level. So you would still keep your brand, your name and everything else. It's just he would take it and, you know, customize it for what you need. Hey, that's dope. That's like, I'm not going to say the training wheels for an app, but it's like the intermediate step to building to a more powerful app. But right. it's so important because like you said, a lot of people, they'll go spend tens of twenties, a thousand on some shit. That's not going to work. That's not going to work. And not to mention that there are over a billion apps in the app store and 90% of them have never been downloaded once. Exactly. <laughs> Not once. So there's people who have literally paid money and they're sitting on five, six downloads, 10 downloads, you know, because it's highly competitive. And so that's just to me, like I said, the template-based system is a smarter way because also as you're thinking about an app, people tend to get real big and real broad and real dreamy, like, right? Oh, I mm -hmm. want an app to do this, 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 this. And when you have a template-based system, now you can go to someone like Anton Digital. He can see a tangible thing that you have, an idea, right, versus this astronomical concept that you're just pulling from your head. So he can actually see what you need. Then there's also, we kind of tend to fall in love with our product and not mm -hmm. the customer's problem sometimes, right? So I've had situations where I build out this feature and I spend all of this time, no one uses it. Not a single person is using that feature. So if you're having someone build your app out, it's costing on the features. You know what I mean? Like all of the stuff that you're adding into it, that's where it's getting expensive. So you'll find out like, wow, we spent all of this time and this money on something that no one uses and no one cares about, you know? So that's why I think, like you said, in terms of the training, it is a smarter way to get into it, really find out, what your customers need. You might even be pivoting your entire business model in that time frame, but you're doing it at a much cheaper cost. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. So how do you find what your customers need? Do you just throw out a survey for your customers to, to try to get them their ideas out there for your new app or do you come to them directly through email or something? No, I don't sell myself to anyone. I pretty much, the proof is in a pudding, right? I have an app. You can see that I have an app. So you can see that I know what I'm doing. When I offered the service, I just put a post up and I told people I'm taking a limited number of clients, right? I'm very familiar with all of the features. So I do vetting process. There's criteria that you have to meet for me to build your app for you. So once I vet them, initially, you know, say they'll send me a DM and I let them know what the services are. I ask them about their business. 
once we get past that part, if I think that they're a good candidate for me, then we do a phone consultation. And the phone consultations last anywhere from three, four hours. Like I have to intimately get to understand your vision, what it is that you need. Then I can tailor and tell you, okay, these are some of the features that I think that you could use because I know the features. Then I can also kind of direct them maybe more so to kind of the app environment versus what they're used to doing. And I don't encourage people to like load all the features up. I actually encourage them to start with maybe like 10 features let their customer base get used to that. And then you roll out features like Instagram didn't look like Instagram right now, right? They constantly give us new features. They constantly try to see and grow with the audience and see what we need. And mm-hmm. then they provide them. So I'll let them know, like maybe there's 20 features that I think that they could actually utilize, but don't roll all of those out at once, you know, start with the basics. Then there's things that they probably never even thought about that they find out like, Oh, that's a feature I could actually use that, you know? So, That's how I vet them. And that's how I figure out what it is that they need. And I'm glad you touched on that, like that portion of like having the features or having portions of it that you haven't released yet, but like you're planning to release it. I think a lot of people don't put that into like their long term plan of like, okay, I'm not only going to start with this basis, but then I'm going to build on it and add more value to my customers and to my people with these additions. Like people don't think about, you know, how am I going to continue to add value to my customer? Not just how am I going to start with it? Right, right. So the way that I plan it out is usually there's probably anywhere from like eight to 10 additional features I think they can use. And if they roll those out like every two months, you know, and you keep people interested and it gives you an opportunity to re-engage, like I have this new thing, right? And so that part, like you said, keeping them interested, because if you give them everything at once, eventually it gets kind of stale. You know what I mean? And you're trying to find ways to re-engage them, get them excited about your product again. So it is, I mean, that's not even just for apps. Like you said, that's just for business, period. You should be thinking of that. Hey, that's true. And I have another question with the app process. How long does it normally take for someone to get through the process with you? Um, Just like from start to finish. Okay. To be honest with you, my app that I built for myself took nine days. Right. But that's me knowing me, knowing my brand, know what I need, everything. It could, relatively speaking, take about the same amount of time. People have to submit to me graphics and things like that and, you know, certain things. And then even though I said I wasn't going to, I wind up doing graphics for people Mm -hmm. because a lot of the people who come to, you know, just us, period, no shade. But the majority of us, we're not from a family of entrepreneurs. We're in this. We're scrappy. You know what I mean? We don't really understand branding and logos and stuff. Most mm-hmm. of us have an idea or a product and we just push in that. And so the marketing aspect of it fails a lot of times for us. That's why I'm so impressed with you guys, you know, what you're doing, because that's just not a natural thing that we, you know, we have, we're creative, but actually executing that creation in the way that you're doing branding is not always the easiest thing. And it's not something that we kind of want to spend money on because we tend to just, you know, we spend the money on getting a business up, let alone you know, all of this for graphics and videos and stuff like that. So the process kind of takes a little bit longer because I wind up taking people and presentation is everything. They're in my portfolio. So those screenshots, that's a reflection on me. So I wind up having to do the graphics. And so it winds up taking longer. But if it was just streamlined from start to finish, including me doing the graphics and everyone was submitting things to me on time, it could be like a three week process to get you into the app store. So... But right now, it's taking about 
four to five weeks, you know, depending. Um, yeah. So. I mean, that's that's still a damn good turnaround time yeah. on an app. Right. And I did kind of want to go back to, you mentioned you said you built your own app for your audience in nine days because you were real familiar with your audience and what they need. Could you kind of go into some things like that people should look for whenever they're trying to build an app for their audience? Sure. So for me, every idea that's come to me has been a solution base. Every idea, every business, every product that I've ever done is really me kind of solving a problem for myself. Right. And then it kind of is like, OK, other people may have the same problem. So the reason I think for me, when I thought about it, what I've been doing for the last year, actually, yeah, like last week was actually the one year anniversary of me returning to Instagram because I left Instagram for a minute. And when I returned to Instagram, I left right at kind of like I would say the downturn of the Black Lives Matter movement, the hashtag, mm -hmm. the whole, you know, the situation we all went through for like five years with the uh, social injustices and all yeah. of that, you know, at the height of that part, right? So when I came back, I wanted to, and I'm always solution-based. I can only explore a problem, but for so long until it's like, okay, what are we going to do about it? So I figured where I could add value to us and what we needed help with was legitimizing business, right? Was obtaining supplementary income and things like that. That was fundamental. What you guys are doing right now, right? So it was that. So when I came back, I did a little promo video and I was like, look, I'm back and it's going to be 100% business centric. This is all we're doing. There's no more triggers, no racial this, no racial that. Like we're focusing only on business. And so that's what my content has been, right? So I never really considered myself as a brand, a conundrum per se, even though I've been here for 12 years. I never looked at that as a personal brand. And so when I started becoming more business centric, then of course there's opportunities and then there's events and there's, you know, all this other stuff starts to surround me. Right. And I was like, okay, I need to centralize this stuff. Right. And I know that I could have been did it, but I just never saw it for myself. So when I decided to centralize it, I said, okay, I need to put everything in one space, my events or any events that I feel like people can go to. So there's an event calendar. And I looked up all of these small business networking. The majority of them were free. And I put them on a Google calendar. That's in my app. All right. So now if you're looking for an event or something to go to, there you go. The next thing I thought about that's really close to me and dear to my heart is I've been pushing the concept of a business buddy. Everyone is constantly asking for mentorship. Mm -hmm. Which is really, can you just give me the cheat code? You know what I mean? I have nothing to offer you, but take your time and teach me quickly everything that you spent years learning under yeah. some humanitarian, <laughs> you know, uh, like mentor, you know. So I've been telling people, like, stop doing that. You don't understand the time that it Speak takes for it. people. It's low-key insultive. You, yeah, it's a random, like, I've had random people I don't even know hit me up like can you mentor me i don't even know you like because so let's just get real about what you're asking me for you know mentorship is a relationship that's and it's reciprocal right back in the day you had someone where you offered something to them you eased their load and they gave you knowledge and you know what i mean experience and stuff so i tell people stop looking for mentors and find a business buddy all right find someone who's has talents and skills that you don't have and you guys barter that you know find somebody that you can call just to kind of 
check and see where you are in your process versus where they are. Because online, people showing you, oh, it's perfect. I'm balling. You know what I mean? You sitting there doubting yourself like, dang, am I really this wet? You know, so if you can call somebody else and say, yo, where are you at in this process? Or did you have this setback? And how are you handling this? And y'all could like forge a relationship out of that. To me, that's key. Because if you look at even the retention rates for college, the majority of 60, I think 63% of minorities who get into college don't graduate. So that means you went through the S, you did all of the process to get into college, but you're not graduating. And we would immediately think it's a financial issue, but it's not always a financial issue. It's knowing how to navigate the college landscape, right? But if you look at the Black Greek letter organizations, 75% of them graduate. Why? Because you joined an organization that typically has on average 100 years of college graduates in its mm -hmm. arsenal, right? So now you have resources. You have people who know who are going to hook you up like, yo, get that professor, do this, do that, go here, go there, give you instructions. Whereas I'm first generation university in my family. So who was going to teach me the difference between a core requisite and a prerequisite? Who was going to teach me how to like get through college? That's okay. Fair. So that part to me is where we lack. If we don't get with other people and we wind up starting this all by ourselves, this whole process, making so many mistakes, you don't have to do that if you have other people around you. But then we get to the point where we want to sell the information right? Or we want to hoard the information or I ain't helping nobody else up. We want to haze our own people. Like I had to do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I push the business buddy thing. And one of the things that I do on my app is there's a business buddy matcher. So it's like Tinder for entrepreneurs, right? So you put up your business, oh. what your strengths are, what you're looking for, and you can literally swipe and then make a connection with somebody. So that's a feature on my app. Okay. Then there's Ask a Conundrum because in my DMs, I open them up to business consultation. I do that for free with people. Like we can go from DMs, sometimes it goes to phone. I've done this for hundreds of people, but it winds up getting very redundant because I have one person asking me a question and then the same 20, 30 more people are asking me the same trademark question, right? And in DMs, you're the only one privy to that information. So I do a forum, Ask a Conundrum. You can ask me the question. I answer it and then you could come on and search for the keyword and see if I've already answered that question. You see what I'm saying? And now it's public. So everyone gets to benefit from it. And that part makes life for me so much easier. So right now I tell people, I don't do consultation and DMs anymore. You got to come to the app for that because it's just, it's easier. You know what I mean? It's more productive and it's more efficient. So that's a feature that I felt like I needed to do. Right. One of the main things that everybody asks, where do you get money for business? How do you get money? Where can I get money? Are there anybody that's investing into minorities or women? So I put a funding feature on my app and I've listed 85 different funding sources, minority centric venture capitalists, crowdfunding sources, right? All of these different ways that you can leverage and get money. Some of the crowdfunding is equity too. Now that these people are looking at this, they're like, yo, give me some equity and I'll fund your business. People don't notice literally equity crowdfunding now going on. So I put those on there. So it was just me, like every single feature is me addressing, right? A need that my customers already had or my, my followers already had. And then sometimes introducing them to a solution that they didn't know that they needed. I love that. I love it. I love so much of that. That, that was, oh yeah. Now, nah, even with the business buddy, 
the closest I've ever seen anything like done to that that I thought was like amazing was basically this photographer and an aspiring model had started working together. And it was like, that makes perfect sense. Y'all yeah. work for each other. Like, y'all need to market. Y'all, you need somebody to take your pictures. He needs somebody to take pictures of. That works perfectly. Like, and I translating that over what you said with the business, buddy, I think that's so important because a lot of people need stuff in their businesses, but they don't know where to find the resources or who to find, you know? So like going on your app and being able to have like what you, you described it as like a tender for entrepreneurs. That's amazing. <laughs> like, I really Thank like that you. idea. Thank you. And I did it on my radio show too, because I get so many people coming to me. I'm pretty much kind of like everybody's business buddy. You know what I mean? It's like, they're coming to me and they're like, oh, sis, what? So I was like, you know what? Let me try to pair people. So I, I put out a post and I'm like, do you need help with your business? What do you need if you could? And I put people on my radio show and I let them talk about their business and then their strengths. Because that's the one thing. It's usually like a need base. People are coming like, I need. I said, no, tell us what you have. Tell us what you have right, to offer right, right. as well. So it's like, okay, well, I'm good at operations. You know what I mean? Or I'm good at human resources or I'm good at whatever skill sets you have. Cause somebody else may need to tap into that. And then, like I said, now you guys are doing bartering for skills with each other, right? You could get a business menage a trois looking up like the three of you guys sit over there and then you know, it's like, well, look, I do marketing. You know what I mean? I do this and I do that. Cause you also have people who come and they're like, sis, what business should I start? And my answer is always the same. None. If you come to me asking me what business you should start, you will not have the wherewithal that's going to take to get through this business process. Please tell them. Right? Please not. <laughs> like somebody made this cute and fashionable and all of a sudden everybody wants to be entrepreneurs, right? Everybody was like, oh, I'm going to start a business. And I'm like, you don't have to. You could invest in a business, right? You mm. could lend your services. There's people who need payroll. Like there's people who need human resources. Lend to that, tap into some equity and become a part of the business. But it doesn't mean you have to start, you know what I mean? A company, whereas you could be a very viable part to the company and stay it. So that's why I also push people to like push your strengths out there because you would, y'all can come together like Voltron, you know what I mean? And then just bring everything to the table. And next thing you know, you have a, a wonderful company, but we're not really taught to do that. I don't think we're taught to kind of like, I have to start my thing, my solo mm -hmm. project, my thing. And, you know, it's all me. But I think mm -hmm. collaboration is where we're going to actually succeed over competition. That group economics, oh, she preaching. Over oh, competition. I'm glad she, I ain't got the shirt on. Yeah, she preaching. <laughs> but like what you just said, that's so powerful, though. Like we really do need that in our community. And I kind of want to jump back, though. I remember you said you got started with the app development in 2016 and like you dropping all these gems. What was your background in before that? Like, I know you said you had to learn a lot. So like, what was that like transitioning and learning all of that stuff for you? OK, so I've been on the Internet since like 99, right? <laughs> since 99. Back when, you know, it was AOL 4.0. I mean, this was like way back in the day. HTML was the new thing, right? Building web pages and stuff. So I was kind of self-taught in HTML, start building web pages. That's when everybody wanted to be a web designer, you know what I mean? And so forth and so on. So what you notice, though, is that there's a lot of universal language in a lot of platforms when it comes to graphics and technology. And, you know, so if you've been on a few of those kinds of platforms, 
when you get onto a new one, it's just like, oh, okay, so this is how you crop this. So you just kind of learn the basics, right, of that. So I would say I have a decent background in understanding template-based systems and, you know, a fair amount of code, you know, in terms of HTML code, stuff like that. So it's not necessarily just completely foreign as some people are. So mm-hmm. when I found the company and then I looked at their interface, it was just really kind of, like I said, most things are universal. The other things you have to open them up and you have to tinker. I'm a tinkerer. You know, like I taught myself Photoshop. I taught myself how to use After Effects, you know, and stuff like that because I'll open it and I'm just a tinkerer. You know, I look around, I'm like, okay. And then I kind of explore it. So that's pretty much my entry into it. I don't really go through the directions and read all the instructions and stuff like that. I open it up and I tinker with it. When I run into a problem after a while, then I will go and like, okay, let me read the instructions and let me see what step I'm missing. But for the most part, self-talk. So transitioning from a brick and mortar concept, I'm pretty hefty online. I've been on social media. I've been on these platforms. My degree is in sociology. So I've always looked at social media in a very different way in terms of people and groups and how we're handling things. So just taking that in the background that I have, it wasn't as hard for me. What was harder was the policies and learning the legal aspects of it. Because once you have an app, you have a pretty powerful thing in your hand. You have access to people's phones, their contact list. Like most people do not understand how severe it is to own an app and what you're able to access. And so these things are being heavily regulated more and more. There's constant abuses of data and breaches and stuff like that. So really understanding that component of it, you know, and how each company handles things. If you saw what, like, I think you guys probably, do you have a a Facebook business page? Yeah, we do. Okay, cool. I have a Facebook business page and then I have a Facebook app developer page. That's a different page. Now, you know yourself on your Facebook business page, you're able to tap into and drill down so hyper niche into people, right? Like, They'll allow you to access your followers to know their birthdays and then their friends and family's birthdays if you just said, I have a birthday-based business. You see what I'm saying? So it's like so much information that they'll allow you access to because it helps with your marketing, right? It helps you. Now, if you don't have any nefarious intent, that's cool. You know what I mean? You're just like, I'm a birthday business. I just want to be able to pop up on people's birthdays. You know what I mean? And whatever, right? Cool. But we know there's other people who do not use this information in the right way. So learning that, how much of a responsibility it is to have that kind of information and how it's handled is that part was, that's where I really had to spend time really understanding like the severity of that and what they give you access to. I mean, it's low-key scary, you know, it's low-key scary. So being a responsible, you know, individual and trying to figure that part out as well, that was, you know, so learning that system, learning where to place the ads. So if you want to run an ad on Apple Store, you know how you pop up, somebody texts and you're the first like thing to pop up. That's not on the Apple dashboard. <laughs> it took me months to figure out like where that was and how to get that. Yeah. On Google, it's right there. It's all kind of interface between AdSense and Google Play Store. All of that's kind of like you know, really easy to get to, but Apple was not. So Amazon was not as easy to. So just kind of having to learn all of those components, that's where I had to spend time researching, 
learning that it's not as easy. You think you have this amazing app, you're just gonna drop it down and everybody's gonna download it. That is not what happens. <laughs> that is not it. Because my other page, I don't have a large following. It was like 600 followers, right, on my business page. So then you're spending a, a lot of money trying to place your ad in front of a correct audience and get them to download it. And um, yeah, so it's not that easy. That part was different. And that's why I kind of pivoted to working with people who won't have that issue as much mm -hmm. and they won't have to put out the finances for it. So I have over 3000 downloads. I've never spent a dime, Ooh. not a single solitary dime because I already have a brand, right? right? I already have an audience built in. So you're just using your social media as a funnel. All right. And then you're just offering something exclusive on your app that you're not offering on your social media that you don't get that experience, you know, from your web page. And then that helps. So you don't have to spend any money. Yeah, I definitely like want to go into the data because I think data is really keen nowadays, especially with these big companies and social media companies. A couple of weeks ago, they're talking about TikTok and how much data TikTok has access to now because of the people that use it. They have facial recognition. And have access to all your contacts and all kind of things. Can you just touch on how do you, how do you know what to use and how do you not abuse it? So, for me, my app doesn't collect that kind of data. The way I have it set up, we don't really collect all of that, like Facebook recognition and you know all of that kind of stuff. In terms of data, I have a saying. I say content is king. Data is the pope, and that's why Facebook is the Vatican. At the end of the day, like. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> that's what really reigns supreme. That's what these companies are built on. That's where they make all of their money is by selling your data. You know what I mean? Yeah. Selling your information and giving people access to it so that they can utilize it. It's no different than like you're typing into your search engine and the next thing you know, that ad is on Instagram. You know what I mean? It's on your timeline or you put some stuff in your shopping cart and the next thing you know, it's everywhere. That exact chair that you had in your Wayfair shopping cart is now all up and down websites, is all up and down Instagram and stuff like that. I understand that need for strategic marketing, right? I think everyone could understand that from a business perspective. Who wouldn't want to be able to like really know what your customer is looking for and then keep placing yourself, what take like seven times for them to engage, right? So to keep placing yourself in front of that person, we all get that part. But like you said, there's facial recognition and someone can duplicate that, then access other things that you utilize your facial recognition for. So my app doesn't specifically request that for you, but because your phone does. So for me, if you log into Aconundrum, if your phone does thumb or if your phone does face, you can do that. It's not me that's doing it. It's your phone is already set up for that. So I don't have access to that. As a matter of fact, they're tightening down so severely, I can't even ask for people's phone numbers, technically. Like Apple stopped me or will stop you and say, we've gone through your entire app and we can't see that there's anywhere that you need their phone number, right? It's that kind of like they're tightening up and I'm happy for that. I don't need your phone number. I have a push notification. So I don't need to text you like the SMS texter. I send you a push notification, you see, but I don't need your actual phone number to do that just by you having the app on your phone and allowing it, you know, I'm able to do that. But you have, and we all have justifiable concerns and real reasons to be concerned with the amount of data. None of us read those 
first sets of instructions. You just press accept. You know what I mean? Okay, my husband does. But no one else <laughs> reads, <laughs> reads those, right? So he reads them and really explains like, look, and then the whole, the only thing that you have is opt in or opt out, especially when it's free. It's free. So you really don't have any leverage for the majority of these apps in terms of what you want or how to tailor the information that you want to give them. Your only option really is to not use it. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's deep because, like you said, you really can't do anything about it because I've always wondered that too. Because I've actually sat there and I read through one of them. I was like, damn, they need all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, they need to know who I'm texting. Like, they can look at your keystrokes and different stuff like that. I'm like, damn, like, why do they need all of this? And most of these do not. What people are very clever with doing is they'll create an app that's very entertaining and it's just a Trojan horse, okay? It's just a means to collect that data because that's where the real value is. So, yeah, you got me on here doing TikTok, but that's not really TikTok's whole... They just like, let's put something in front of them that they're going to love and use and it just gives us access that we need and that information, that data, that stuff is where the real value is. That's what they're selling. Now... Some people are selling it for profit, okay? I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to the news lately, but you keep hearing tracking. We have to track these people. Then you look up and find out that there's whole companies that are already tracking you, tracking your phone and becoming partners and getting in bed with the government. Mind you, we already know or assume the government is doing it anyway, but here's companies that you've never heard of And there was one particularly for the Florida incident with the spring breakers. They had everyone's phone and then actually were able to show you where these people went. And of course they say it's anonymous, right? But really how anonymous is that? You're tracking my movement. So they showed you where the spring breakers went, where they traveled to, and they're trying to anticipate the new hotspots, right? For the virus. But let's be real. So this is most of these things are presented as very innocent things, especially child apps, you know, things like that, that are just like, oh, it's just fun. And the kids just download it. But it's the access that they're taking from you and using that. And we don't know. Some of that's being used for profit. Some of it's going to be used for control. We'll find out. So people got to be a lot more careful on the Internet, man. That That's almost like, for example, I saw those different posts that were going around on social media talking about, you know, Post your first car and you know yeah, where your first questions. address and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw somebody quote that and they were like, "These are security questions. I'm not right. about to participate in this trend and start showing right. y'all my cars. This is a security question." Like right. <laughs> these scammers, man. These internet scammers <laughs> getting bold these days. That's a yeah. Who they're not sleeping. They're not letting up. They're not sleeping at all. You know, well, like she said, if it's painted up like a Trojan horse to where it's just, oh, this is just a trend. You know, everybody's participating in this. They just talking about, you know, their first car, you know, the different stuff like that. Then, you know, nobody thinks about it like, nah, I'm actually putting my data out there for somebody to use and somebody to take advantage of if they want to, you know, right. especially and I think the platform that you're using. And people have gotten so lax because you remember that whole aging face thing? And everybody uh-huh, was like, yo, uh-huh. y'all don't even know this company. Like just a random company pops up saying, hey, put your face in this camera, right? And let us. And so people were like, well, it don't matter. They got my stuff anyway. That's really kind of the mindset. Most people are like, 
it doesn't matter. They have the control. So they get laxed on even caring at this point. You know, it's just like, well, they got us. They got my fingerprints. They got my face. It doesn't matter anyway. But you'll find out real soon. You know what I mean? If it mattered or how much it mattered, you'll soon see, especially given the circumstances that we're under right now. You will find out really soon if it, how much of it matters and how much of it doesn't, you know? So I think that uh, you can be wary of it. I think you should read it. You should learn it. You should inform yourself about it. If possible, set up whatever precautions that you can, you know, really kind of, because sometimes it's like I said, you have trusted companies that you know, and they're not using it and they're not doing anything or abusing it. They're just trying to really like for you, when you run Facebook ads, like you're not here nefarious. You're just like, yo, if I could really just get in front of the right audience, that will save me money, right? That will save me time. That's really all I care about. I just want to place myself in front of these people. And that's cool because you need that. But, you know, at the same token, you have people who don't. So I will caution people where, especially if it's just this brand new company that just sprang up and you don't know anything about them, you know, I would give that a little bit more thought. Yeah, I definitely think <laughs> that was really one of the worst examples. I Like when everybody, it was just an unknown company. You ain't never heard of these nope. people in there. All of a sudden, oh, yeah, let's just all, you know, put our faces in let's there. See what yeah. Like when we old. What? <laughs> And then I think it was, I think it ended up turning out to be a Russian company or something. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, it was, you know. And I mean, what they're doing, too, in terms of manipulating us, look at what they did during the Black Lives Matter movement, right? They're able to, you have companies like Cambridge Analytica, that they've now realized these companies created these hyper niche profiles of people and anticipate your behavior. And then they fed you information to get you to behave a certain way, right? To what they wanted. So most of the time you're thinking that people are trying to solicit you, like come over to our side. No, sometimes it's let me ramp you up to hate the other side. You know what I mean? And so they pushed all of that extra, you know, against Hillary or Hillary was just called you super predators and, you know, all of these kinds of things that they were feeding us constantly creating these fake uh, pro-black pages and these fake pro-black events and stuff like that. And here we were not understanding that we were really literally being targeted based on your political or the things that you said or you mentioned or anything. Think about it like this. Right now with Instagram, they can show you pages that are similar to yours. How do you do that? How do you know this guy is similar to me, right? Who's looking at my content and how are you guys matching us up and being that accurate? Okay. Like right now, the new feature that I like is if you block a person, they're like, well, you follow 20 other people like him. Would you like to go and see? And I'm looking like, dang, like you really, you guys have done a great job at this and we're not thinking that's how you're being targeted. Right. And that's how you're being manipulated. So those are the parts, too, that we have to kind of start to pay attention because they're affiliating you. Now, when you get to the point of considering one person a black extremist and then you look on the list, next thing you know, wow, OK, let's lump. You know what I'm saying? Let's start to follow this guy and see if he's like this guy and so forth and so on. So those are the things that I think we're not really understanding where that is pretty powerful when you think about it, you know. Like, I didn't align myself with this guy. We're not in the Facebook group together. We don't even talk. But how did you manage to realize that we're that similar? Yeah. And I think, like, 
stuff like that is why it's so important that what you're doing, like with app developing and just building our own audiences and our own platforms is so important for us because we don't really think about it from that standpoint all the time of us being taken advantage of, but we really are being taken advantage of. And we're really losing the money that could be coming back to our community if we were to control and own our own platforms. And I'll touch on that too. This is one of the key components that I think that we don't really understand. I've been on social media for a long time. And if you're able to gain a large following, like that says something about you. Facebook does not make any content like that. Instagram doesn't make content. They rely on content creators like us. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our milkshake is what brings the boys to the yard, period. (laughs) Right. So when you have content creators, then you get an audience. Once you get an audience, you get data, period. Right. So we're literally the people who are making it possible for them to have these large data forms. All right. But what do they give you in return? You have a platform. If you're smart, you're able to utilize it. You know, if you're smarter, you're able to monetize. Now, just think about this. Right now, how many followers do you guys have on your page? 222,000. Yeah. Wow. Y'all are growing. Okay. 222,000, right? That means for fact, Instagram has 222,000 emails and phone numbers. But does Instagram give you that? No, they do do not. They won't even give you their emails, right? It'll be some privacy thing or whatever so that you can access those followers yourself. No, they're not. What they do is they give you a nice, friendly little, here's some demographics. So they'll show you, oh, okay, you have this many followers of males and females. These are the states that the people really follow you from. These are their ages. And this is what time they're on the internet, right? On Instagram. And you're feeling so happy about that. But how do you really use that information? One, you can't place yourself, if all of your followers are male, you can't place yourself in front of only the males. You can't place yourself in front of only your Atlanta followers. You can't even place yourself in front of them at two o'clock, okay? Because Instagram is going to show your post at some random arbitrary time. Some of them don't even see your post for two or three days later. So what can you really do with all of that nice little demographics that they gave you? Okay. So when you're saying utilizing the data and how powerful it is, me with an app, because when you sign up with my app, I asked you what level of entrepreneurship you were on. Are you a new entrepreneur, aspiring, seasoned, right? I asked you what field you're in. Are you in fitness or health or tech? I ask you those questions because I can send a push notification specifically to that group that's value added for them at a specific time, right? And connect with them directly. That's the difference. Web, the the emails don't do that for you either, okay? So right now, if you have a website, most people collect emails. They'll do a pop-up and they'll ask people like, hey, send me your email, you get a discount, you get this, whatever. Cool. But what does that email really give you in terms of data points? So if your email was hot boy 97, what does that really tell me about you? You might not be a hot boy. Okay. You, you <laughs> might not have been born in 97. I don't know. But what I got is an email. And then what do I do with that email? I send out an email blast. One little message to all of my followers who have very different interests. Right. Then that becomes spam. 
And that's why it's only a 10 to 15% open rate for most people with the email. Okay. So that becomes spammy. Then you're kind of like just going through the cycle again. Cause now you spam me, I'm not opening. So you're getting less and less traction because you're not targeting, you know, the audiences based on their needs. Then now they have the new SMS thing. Everyone is like, text me, text me. Okay, cool. You text them. You get a phone number. What data points did you get from your phone number? Nothing. I have people emailing me from Bernie Sanders campaign because my phone number is a Cali number, but I'm in New York and they're like, yo, come to the rally, Thelma. First off, Thelma doesn't have this number anymore. Second, I'm not in Los Angeles, but you assume that because that phone number gave you an area code. This is why apps are revolutionary. And this is why you really need to be onto this wave because this is the only way for you to directly access your customers, gain the data, gain the data points on them that you need, and then really add value. So if I get something specific like, oh, okay, hey, sis, I have um, free makeovers and I'm going to give free headshots to only new entrepreneurs in New York. That's who I'm going to send it to. I'm not going to send it to my seasoned entrepreneurs in Cali. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to send them that. So that if I continue to behave that way, every time they get a push notification from me, it's something of value specifically for them. So I have a 96% open rate, okay, on my push notifications. Exactly. Right? So that way, now, even though I have all of these followers and you have all of these followers, how many of them are you really getting in front of? How many of them are you really connecting with at any given time? Shit. I know I was looking at our reach on the regular. We getting maybe 30 to 40,000 of the people on a regular post out of the right. two, the 220. Right. So it's like, you're not, yeah, you're really not getting it. Right. But that 96%, shit. 96% or 40,000 or even at 220,000, bro. Like, think of that, those numbers. Right. Even if it was 30,000 at 96%, you know what I mean? Like, that's... Yeah. That's ridiculous. Right. You're definitely not getting that on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. No, you're not. You're not getting that from your email. You're not getting that from social media, you know. And this is my platform. So I encourage everyone not to get off of those platforms, but use them as a funnel, mm-hmm. Right use them and always direct traffic to your platform okay use them they're using you okay so you use them use them use them as an advertising use them as a residency don't look at them like a house look at them as a home look at them like a las vegas residency you're there for a little while you know you collect your coins you gain your audience and then you're always streamlining it back to your home base yeah and i really just also want to touch on that big gem you dropped on that with uh that segmentation piece using a segmentation to market to your audience. So could you just go back and like really explain to people what the importance of segmentation is? Cause I know you said like, you don't want to be giving people offers they don't really want, but like, could you maybe explain how it kind of works a little bit more? Yeah. So with segmentation, you basically have a product or a service and you have an audience and we're taught from the old school marketing aspects, demo wise stuff like, 18, a woman, 18 to 35. I've never met an 18 to 35 woman. I've never met a woman who thinks the same way at 18 that she does at 35, right? You can't even just go on gender. People have different interests. What you need to do is look at your product and really analyze your audience and figure out what are their individual needs and where are they at so that you can directly place things in front of them. So I segment my audience because it's a business community. 
when I look at my audience as a whole, the majority of people who are following me or joining that app either have a business or they want a business, right? So that's the, most of them. There's not consumers coming with uh, looking for entrepreneurial advice and information, right? It's either aspiring, new, seasoned, serial. So that's how I look at it. So if you are either wanting to be an entrepreneur or you are one, and then how far are you into your entrepreneurial journey? Because you're a different person. If you're a startup, you're very different than the 13-year vet who's had their company. Your needs are different. The things that you want information on are different. So I separated that out. Then I separated out into industry because for me personally, it doesn't really register for me if they're male or female. I don't really look at it like that. You know, I'm looking at it you as a business owner. Okay. Now, of course, there's some things that are women and minority owned that I actually help or push or encourage. But for the most part, I just needed to know where you are in your journey and what space you're in, what product or service or, you know, where are you at? So that's how I segment my audience. My other app is a fashion and cosmetology booking app. So I have people spaced out in their fields, nail tech, makeup artists. But then I get hyper into, are you a student? Because I also communicate with these schools. I only take students and I only take people who are actually graduates of a beauty college, you know, or a fashion school. So I communicate with the career counselor. So I also have, are you a career counselor or a parent? or a T instructor, because when I send out emails, you take this segmented list and you can still utilize this for your emails and then your emails are going to perform better because now I'll send an email out during graduation time specifically to instructors and like, Hey, I'm running a special for all of your graduates. You know, they can join the app for free. So that makes my emails more effective, right? So just really kind of drilling down into who is your audience, where are they at in their journey and like what specific field they're in or, you know, however that applies to you. It's the most critical thing that you're going to do for marketing. You just can't look at it as 18. What do they show you on the, you know, 18? I think it's 18. I think my audience is like 22 to 44 or something like that on Instagram. Right. But that's not really giving you a lot of information. So, Whatever you're doing. Yeah, it's too broad. Too broad. It's too broad. Like 35 mm-hmm. to 34, 35 to 44. Yeah, a bunch of different. <laughs> He's at 35. Right. So for you, it's really a need base because once you understand that person, where they are, now you can add things and communicate to them in ways that matter to them. That's the most important thing. Like, show me something I care about. Right. Don't send me the same canned web email or don't send me the same canned ad that you're sending to everyone. Really get down and tailor it to my specific needs and get my attention. And now I feel like you're really paying attention to me. I feel like you're really addressing the things that I care about. So I'm going to open those communications. You know, I'm going to take advantage of those offers now. I like that. That's deep. And they can help on so many levels. Like it'll. Like you said, you get that to 96% of those people and you get it right. That's a whole lot of sales you're about to start converting. Right, right. And even if you're looking to sponsor with a company or partner with a company, right? So I had, I had a meeting with Square. Square is interested in um, new entrepreneurs and, of course, you know, aspiring entrepreneurs for their package, for their point of sale thing. So it's easier if I can go to Square and say, hey, I have an app and 83% of my followers are new or aspiring entrepreneurs that I have direct and I can get direct in front of. Now, 
me being a responsible individual, I'm only going to partner with something that has integrity, that's of use. Like, you've never seen me push flat tummy tea. Hey, whatever. Anybody can do what they want to do. But you know what I mean? I'm not pushing flat tummy tea. I'm not pushing ridiculous products. I have to firmly agree and believe in that product or that service. I don't do anything paid as it stands right now. Anything I talk about, this is free. This is something that I actually believe is a good thing. But if I were to partner in the future, I have brand integrity. My name is on the line too. So, but it helps them as a company to say, wow, you've really segmented. You have the audience that we're looking for, right? You're tailored. So it makes you more viable, not just to your customer, but to any potential partnerships that you look to get into in the future. Definitely. Definitely. And even also too, I also wanted to add with that, like it makes them more valuable, makes their business more valuable to themselves. I even go as far as saying, because like a lot of people will tell you, like, you know, you ask, who is your target market or who are you specifically, who is your customer? And a lot of people can't tell you. But right. if you start looking at the numbers, especially if you've already started your business, you can start to look at, okay, well, who are my customers? Who's most yeah. likely buying? Who's the average person? You know, what's their age? What's their gender? What you can start to figure out the pattern of who is your usual customer. And sometimes you'll be surprised. Sometimes yeah. you think you know, right, who your customer is. And then you look at the data and you're like, wow, I didn't know that there were that many, you know, of this mm -hmm. following me or so forth and so on. And so you're right. It adds value to you. And I always tell people now, if you're trying to figure out who your target audience is, I ask them a question that the fashion designers are always asked. Who's your girl? So if a fashion designer creates a line, they always ask them, who's your girl? And when you hear them answer, they say, oh, well, my girl, she goes to Turks and Caicos. She loves sex in the city. She considers herself the Carrie Bradshaw. My girl has mimosas. My girl works on in Soho. My girl reads this and she watches this. Vogue is the Bible for my girl. They know their girl intimately. They, it is not some, what is her age? What They know their girl. So That's when you crazy. drill, yeah, when you drill down into like, who's your girl? And I've asked people this on my page. I challenge them like, who's your girl? What does she read? What does she watch? Where does she go? What does she drink? Like, what are her hobbies? What is she interested in? Because now when you get into that level of specificity, you are now actually able to place yourself right where she is. That's when you're really using Facebook ads, you know, correctly. OK, because they're asking you, what is the interest? What groups are this person in? And then you can even reverse engineer it sometimes. Right. Here's a hack. Suppose you decided you were going to start making some T-shirts and they were going to be for fishers, the people who, who fish, the fishing community. Right. You don't know nothing about the fishing community. The smartest thing for you to do would be to you would think, OK, well, I'm going to use keywords like bait and tackle fish, you know, the basics. Right. Instead, if you found a successful T-shirt that was being sold to fish people, you go through that audience and then you find the people who say, I have to have this shirt or I bought this shirt. You go to their page and then you look at the groups that they're in because you don't even know the names of all of these groups that these people are in. You go through their page and you look at their interests. That's how you reverse interest. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. it's the same thing. So if you find your prime customer, that's one of the things that you want to start to do is go through their page and look at like, what do they talk about? What groups are they in? Where do you know? And that's now you would then kind of even be able to create your segment list. Okay. Like you would now start kind of figuring out there's a theme here. Let me ask people 
How often do you read this book? Well, you know, whatever it is that you discover, but you may want to start asking those questions or running surveys based on that information. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that is like, man. That's really Yeah, like, I'm so glad you came on here and, like, just really shared this with these people because, like, this is conversations that we don't have enough whenever it comes to people getting into like business. Getting into, well, like, just business. Because we said it earlier, like, in the podcast, like, you know, entrepreneurship's kind of been glorified. It's kind of, like, been romanticized as this one thing when in all reality it's this, like, all these different things she's been talking about that she's had to learn over this two or three year period, like, that's entrepreneurship. Like, you got to had this whole encompassing idea of it. Like, you got to be able to understand how Facebook ads work. You got to be understanding the basics of really how to market to your people, how to find your target audience. Yeah, so I just, I appreciate it, shit. Like, I know I caught a couple <laughs> gems on this one. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, with that said, Quincy, we're going to pivot to the last segment of the show. We're going to do okay. what's on your timeline. So we're going to ask you, what's something that you've seen on social media that you just want to talk about? Could be anything. Oh, man. Like, one of the things that you just said, everybody wanted to be an entrepreneur, and you see the herd is thinning. <laughs> Whoa, it's, life comes at you fast, right? So you have a lot of these people who are like, yeah, I got a business. And they're like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do. They don't know how to pivot. I think the two key words of 2020 – for the general population is essential. That's the first keyword right now, right? Essential. Say it again. Life has asked you a fundamental question. Do you matter or not? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> life came to you and said, do you, are you important? And you're like, wait, what? It's like, nah, you're know, not. Who am I? <laughs> we don't need you, right? Like life really just hit people in the gut. That's just regular people. For entrepreneurs, the key word is pivot. Okay, <laughs> like if you didn't know how what pivot was, you didn't know, like, wait, it's gonna get better. It's no, no, it's not. It, this is the new normal, right? There's people who I've seen pivot immediately. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Right? I mean, quick immediately they just jumped into a whole nother market because they saw a trend. They saw what was coming. They saw what was going right. There are industries now that are being eroded, wiped mm. the hell out. If you have a business that requires a large audience, it's about to get real bad for you. You know what I mean? Like move it. Yeah. Well, here's a pivot for them. I talked to the first black movie theater owner in Nevada. And it wasn't my idea. I can't take credit for it. It was actually my daughter's idea because we just do little think tank sessions sometimes. I'm like, okay, if you were in this industry, what could you do? And my daughter was like, well, if I had a movie theater, I would switch to a drive-in. Boom. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, that's perfect for social distancing. People are still going to want to get out. They're still going to want the big screen experience. 
look, you got the person to bring the food up to the tray, put it on the tray. Like, don't open up that window till I leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, just get your little snacks. You can even bring in your own snacks too, though. Right. You can bring your own snacks, you know, whatever. But right now, that's they even have, like, inflatable movie screens. You could just blow the screen up. You don't even have to build this thing out. That would be perfect for streamlining concerts, you know what I mean, for any ideas, venues, all of that. Perfect. So some people are going to have to go in a whole new direction, okay? There's businesses that really found out what their SWAT was, you know, strengths, weaknesses, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> they found out real quick where they were weak because you have a lot of restaurants that were like, yo, we didn't have a drive-in. Oh, snap, okay? Mm-hmm. And a drive through So they're now having to rework that. So for me, I'm watching my timeline and I'm watching how everyone is responding to this. I'm watching all the stages of grief. Denial, right? People are in denial. I'm accused of being a fear monger only because I see stuff. And then three weeks later, it's like, oh, snap, sis, thank you for telling us about that, right? When I told people about the freezers because of the meat shortage, for example. So I put freezers in my Amazon store, right? Somebody literally came to my page and was like, you're making this worse. You're pushing this. You're de- I, how am I pushing anything? Like I'm seeing the problem and I'm providing for you a solution. But then yesterday I get a DM from a young lady who says, thank you for that meat shortage thing. She shows me California is now limiting two packs of meat per person. I saw that. Right? Uh-huh. So now... She's like, thank you for that heads up. So it's real interesting to me to see how people are all dealing with stress in various ways. I have the escapism. I love seeing how all of these very important people that were so important just two months ago are not important anymore. All of these people that we were worshiping and this celebrity worship and all of this kind of stuff now, you're looking like these people are scrambling for attention any way possible. I'm like, if someone else goes on live today, I'm a snap. Like y'all using up all the Wi-Fi. Everybody is like, so I'm watching my dog today. So you know, just, you know, <laughs> Chris, we don't need to know every single aspect of your life, but seeing how some people are so needy for attention, they're freaking out. They're doing anything right now for attention. Seeing, like I said, overall, how everyone is reacting to this quarantine. I like seeing that people are also understanding what was valuable and what wasn't. I like that people are taking a whole assessment of their life right now, right? They're looking around their houses like, I don't really need all this crap. Everybody's becoming minimalist now, (laughs) you know? So just seeing that there is some good coming out of it. People are connecting. I like that real pure talent is coming back to the surface with these verses, right? Like right, these right. new artists that were kind of hyped up, they can't even do a 30 minute versus. They got like three hits. Whereas Lil John and T Pain wrote it out for three hours. You know what I mean? These men are producers and act they're, they're like rappers, singer, they're multi-talented. So now we're having to tap into the real talent, you know, the things that we took for granted. Two months ago, if they said Lil John and T Pain were doing a concert. Gave up man. Damn. Damn. <laughs> yeah, like, Nobody. Woo! right but now who just broke the internet baby face and teddy rally right like so we're now i think there's a different prioritization going on people are now having to 
creativity is at an all-time high for us. Like, this is where we should really be stepping up. This is exciting right now because a lot of the noise is out the way. So you had 15 million entrepreneurs you were competing with. Not no more. <laughs> and that, that is a little, everybody going out of business now, right? So it's like, That'd if you me. could come through, this is your time right now because the lanes are clearing all the noise and the clutter is stepping aside. So if you do something and you do it well, this is your time. If you pivot, if you could address needs right now, this is your time. I know one thing I want that to throw in definitely with you with the, the pivoting and as far as the IG lives, I got to give a major shout out to Tory Lanez. How yes. he's used this whole opportunity with quarantine radio and all the different things. He really has almost dang near, I don't want to say monopolize it because the verses he, are still doing a lot, but he has but a he, lot of a, a lot. attention. Yeah. And he, think about it. So you have people like Swiss Beats and Timberlake that's now creating versus TV out of this where they are getting Mark Zuckerberg's attention. Now Facebook mm -hmm. is now letting you collect coins for going live now. We did that. You see what I'm saying? We did that. So when you think about the verses, when you think about D Nice. Mark Zuckerberg was up in there like, well, Yeah, what you doing, you know what D? <laughs> <laughs> he ran back. I mean, he had Michelle Obama. He had, you know, all of these heavy hitters. So now D Nice is, they're looking for him to represent. What did he just do something for Michelle Obama and them? You know what I mean? Uh, he hosted. D Nice just hosted something for Michelle mm -hmm. Obama. So it's people like that that you're really starting like, Everybody was talking about entrepreneurs and real entrepreneurs were like, hold my beer. You know what I'm saying? Let me show <laughs> how to do this. Let me show you how to take advantage. Not, and I hate to say it in that way, but let me show you how to literally realize exist, the thrive, see the opportunities, mm -hmm. right? And what is here. And so for me, my content is surrendered around business, right? But I will be tone deaf if I'm not talking about COVID. Okay, so anybody who's still sitting there like, well, I'm just going to just do business as usual and I'm not going to address any of this stuff. Like you're crazy because COVID is impacting every aspect of life. You have 30 million people who are unemployed right now. We've passed the Great Depression numbers. So if you're not tuning into this as an entrepreneur, you're out of your mind because that's a lot of people who no longer have an income, right? That's a lot of people who don't have the income that they had. Now, Amazon, on the other hand, is now a trillion dollar company because they met a need. Everyone needs their goods shipped to their home. So people are still spending money. I'm making more now than I was making pre-corona. So at the end of the day, right, you have to address it and say, okay, we're dealing with this. If I'm teaching you about entrepreneurship, and I don't factor in this Corona conversation, right? And this pivoting conversation. If I'm not keeping you informed on things that are going to impact your business, whether it's a SBA loan. Like I was one of the first people that was like, yo, here's the loan. Get on this. File for unemployment. I told people to file for unemployment like almost six weeks ago, you know, eight weeks ago when they didn't even think this was going to go on, but for the next couple of weeks, because you could see it coming. And now I've had so many people in my DMs saying, sis, I'm so glad you posted that. I got the loan. I got the money. I got my unemployment before the lines was all tied up. So it's being able, as entrepreneurs, you got to see in the future, period, right? That's what we do. And you have to address the needs of the people right now. So do that. You know, everybody's going to want to jump on podcasts now. Everybody, you already there. You already had the lane. You know, you were already in there and in that space. So I think that, like you said earlier, it's not necessarily like taking advantage as much as it is seeing the opportunity and using it because you still got to make money up in here. You know, you still have to 
being sensitive to people's needs as well. So for myself, anybody who's impacted, if they had a business or app, I have to go back to them now and help them strategize their business because it was one lane. You know what I mean? So now I have to come back with them. That's what I do with the apps. I don't just build them. I'm mentor. I'm your strategic business partner now. No equity, but you know, I'm your partner now. So I got to help you now kind of maybe reformat and pivot. And I did that conversation with my people before I did public, you see, because I got to address the core first. And then, you know, so I think that what you guys are doing, it's needed now more than ever and addressing it and the things that are impacting us, like, because no one's really guiding. So many people are just panic stricken and they don't think that this is going to be a long-term thing, but it is. Like this is the new normal. Social distancing is going to be here until they get a vaccine. So if your business requires an audience, you got to be thinking. Uh oh, I can't hear her. Got to find that way to pivot. Got to find yeah, it. Those, are, yeah, yeah. those are the key words. The word of the year pivot. Pivot, pivot. in essential. <laughs> <laughs> Essentially pivoting. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, Al uh, Quincy. We thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. Could you please let the people know, like, where they can find you on social media or anywhere they can reach out to you? Just, you know, plug everything in. Yeah, in the name of your app, all that. Just plug all your information in. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So, consistency. Aconundrum, A-K-A-N-U-N-D-R-U-M. And that's on Instagram. That's on Facebook. That's in the App Store. So, I'm on Google and I'm on Android and iPhone. So, the app is there. It's free, you know, to download. So my app company, which I don't really have to push so much so because I just take, like like I said, limited number of people, is First Generation Apps, um, paying homage to our ancestors who planted the seeds for trees that we are enjoying the shade of, that they would never enjoy the shade of. So that's why it's called First Generation. They allow us to be first generation entrepreneurs, first generation app developers, right? First generation college students. Their sacrifices did that. So the name of my company is First Generation Apps. And yeah, pretty much there. So all of the information is there. It's free. It's available for anybody if they need it. If they are interested, I've opened up my criteria to address COVID. So prior, you had to be pretty much a large brand for me to work with you. But if you have a company that you have a product, food delivery service or anything like that, and you need a delivery like an Uber Eats stock test style app, I'm building those at a reduced cost. And I'm working with people who have customers. I'm not working with people who are really like trying to start off. If you already have a catering business, but you're now wanting to add a delivery component or a pickup component, I'm building apps for you. And I'm building those now at $4.99, right? So pretty much. And then the cool part about this is let's suppose you have a restaurant and you have a delivery guy. Cool. But you could also load up other restaurants and charge them to be on your app. So you, you can essentially create a Uber Eats. So if you wanted to do that for your local businesses, like you paired up with five or six other restaurants, and you guys have got a delivery guy y'all are sharing or whatever, how you want to do it, you could build that out too. So it's a way for you to access your customers, but then it's a way for you to now do B2B, you know, and then help other businesses as well who may not have the four ninety nine to start up, but they got 50 bucks a month, you know. You know, hey. smart. Hey. So, and it could be anything. You could have an app that's not even just delivering food. It could be essential goods. It could be products. It could be whatever. It's like if you have a product and you need to deliver it to customers right now, you could build that app out. Boom. Y'all heard it here. Y'all heard it on the BWR podcast. First generation apps. 
Yeah, I know y'all need that damn app. Y'all done heard all this information about this app. Y'all better get at my, at my girl and try to get these apps, man, because I know that BWR app, it's on the horizon. It's, it's, right, uh, it's about right. To be we got it coming. That's why you, and it's a trip, too, because here we were discussing it pre-COVID, and then he's like, okay, cool. And I'm like, man, I got, like, a list right now, right? I got people that I'm, and I'm cranking them out. Then I had, my laptop was there, like, a two-week interval I didn't have my laptop. So I'm like really, really like playing catch up at this point. But it's amazing. I have one young lady I'm really proud of. She hit me up prior thinking about an app. Then she had to come back and say, yo, I need that app now. She was like, I've made more sales with COVID because she was smart. Before they locked us in, she went to Kaiser and all the hospitals in her area, got with the nurses and had food, you know, dinners. And then she went to the old folks' homes and all of that, developed a relationship with these people. Next thing you know, the lockdown hits, they delivering left and right now. You know what I mean? So she had to hit me up like, I need that app immediately, which is what made me say, you know what? I'm going to help. If anybody is having that same bottleneck right now, like, let me help you. So now she has that added convenience. And that's going to last after COVID, after social, the social distance is going to be here until it's a vaccine, you know? So if you're not thinking about that, you are in severe denial. Hey, so y'all definitely, definitely need to check your business models. See, like she <laughs> said, like we mentioned, that SWAT, if you don't know what a SWAT is, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, look yep. it up. It is definitely a business term, and you can tech, it'll help you figure out where you're going with your business, what you do really well, what you do poorly, what you got a chance to really open up with, and what could really hurt your business. If you That's knew that. It requiring people is something that's a threat if you don't have these people it wants you to hurt okay we're probably about to have to go in and be quarantined you don't know okay man i got a problem that's about to happen so right. that i can look for these other opportunities right so, right definitely, right definitely. and then for most people they're thinking i mean just heads up i think we all know this they're gonna let people out and then it's gonna have a a negative effect because it's going to increase and they're going to run you back in the house. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what's going to happen. So everyone's kind of like, oh, in June, I'm going to be back in business. Ugh. Okay. You know what I mean? For a minute. But when those numbers go back up or go up even more with the second wave, you're back in the house now. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be even more severe of a clamp down. So I would assume that if you get a little breath, get out there, create what you need to do for your business, like whatever you can, but be prepared for another lockdown. You know what I'm saying? Be prepared for a second wave. I don't see this opening up and then we're just going back to business as usual. That's something to ponder on. Yeah. And they're already doing it. California said, go to the beach. Then they went to the beach and they acted the fool. So then California said, oh, we're closing the beaches even more. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's pretty nice. much the natural. And all of these people leading these protests is getting Corona. So that ain't helping. <laughs> right? Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of them who are leading the protests are coming down with Corona. So then what do you do with that? You know? Yeah. So anybody who's thinking the doors are going to open and you're going to be okay. I just have a very strong feeling that you're not, hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. I have a, a, and think about it. How could you be the vaccine? The virus is still out there. So yeah. How is it? You know, like you can't do nothing. It's just going to have that compound interest effect. I'm very, very interested to see how this shit going to play out. That's all I keep saying. I'm interested. This my, is my heart. Just go out to those people who like depend on like people coming in for service, like the barbers and the hairstylists and the nail techs and all of that. 
I just want to see how they're going to make it through this. Well, they can make it through with my app called Fits by Design because it's a booking app. So if you're looking mm. for a nail tech or a barber or a hairstylist, someone can go on there, search by state, see your profile, see your examples of your work. Then, unlike other apps, I don't want to mention their name, if you request service, you could actually submit three reference photos for what you need. So if you're looking for a particular type of nail, if you're looking for a particular type of hairstyle, you can send that to the stylist to say, this is what I'm looking for and book them. So that's, you see what I'm saying? That, that's, this is where it's going to be. If the new flex is going to be the nail tech coming to your house, that's going to be the new flex. The new flex is the barber coming to your house. That's the new flex. <laughs> the whole the house calls go bust your pockets up. And for anybody who's in that industry, if you're in the fashion or cosmetology industry and you're licensed, you can join my app for free. I'm gonna do that for free for a while. You see what I'm saying? You can join free, it. You can be on it for free. Free ninety nine. We got right, to plug that in the show notes. A lot of people are gonna go back and there's no salons. They can't hold that rent for 90 days. We at the 60 day mark. What do you think gonna happen at the 90 day mark? The 120 when they foreclose? Gonna be over with. <laughs> it's, it's, gonna, it's gonna be over with. You know. So a lot of people are gonna lose their actual brick and mortars. So it's, you know what I'm saying? It's like where are you gonna go? You know. So if anybody who's like you said, look at your SWAT and you need to be pivoting towards the nature of this. Any tele business. You know, that's what you should be looking into. Tele-doc, tele telehealth, telepsychiatry, telecounseling, like all of those things are what's going to become more of the norm. Telecustomer service, you know, anything like that. But this has been absolutely amazing. I'm so proud of you guys. You know, Thank you're you. proof you. in terms of collaboration. You're literally the embodiment, all four of you young men, of pulling together and Voltron in this thing. So I'm proud of you guys. <laughs> We, we genuinely appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, we we slowly pulling together. But I promise you, once that motherfucker complete, y'all better be watch out. <laughs> right, right. Like once it come together, it's on. It's on. It's gonna be on and pop. We got some major stuff in the works. So, yeah, we gonna go ahead and uh, we gonna hop into a few little housekeeping items before we wrap up the episode. As always, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast week in and week out coming in and just you know sharing liking subscribing helping the podcast grow and spreading the message of the black wolf renaissance yeah thank y'all for just rocking with us and you know continuously supporting everything and all the information uh y'all still be on the lookout for all the different products and different stuff that we got coming soon all the different uh videos original content just everything is about to be coming out working on something real special for y'all with that credit stuff coming soon coming soon yeah, just like everybody else said, just thank y'all. Well, I ain't really got nothing to say, but I'm going to just end the show. So look, this is Black Oak for the sign, signing out. Peace. Hey. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. I ain't picking up my lot unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily. All I want is dubs. You know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper. All I know is run money marathon. I got money on my mind. I'm just trying to get some dough. Picking up my lot, unless it's money on the phone. Gotta get it on the daily, all I want is dubs, you know what I'm on. I've been chasing after paper, all I know is broad money, marriage. You can catch me with it. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois.